It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Keep Right On podcast. It's another international break, but Birmingham City does not stop there. I'm joined by Brian Dick as ever, and we're going to be going through the defeat to Sunderland, which made it four losses in five for new manager Wayne Rooney, plus your questions, takes, and uh, hopefully you can stay with us right until the end when we'll be teeing up uh, our next podcast with a special guest, but more on that later. Brian, how are you? Yeah, I'm well, actually, and it really is worth staying to the end to find out who that special guest is because, uh, yeah, it's it's a re- we're both really excited about it, aren't we? Uh, don't, yeah, don't I'm, be, I'm, Brian, don't big it up too much. They'll they'll skip through to the end and, and forget the rest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, ha- I have to say, I uh, I wasn't in Sunderland, so I watched that game on the TV with the uh, with the privilege or with the facility to stop and pause and, you know, see what was really happening. And it was not, there were times we'll come on to whether it was a good away performance, won't we in a sec, but there were times when it was pretty gruesome watching, I think. Um, what, what were you, what were your sort of um, main takeaways from it, Alex? It just seemed that the first half and the second half were like two different teams. Almost. It was, it was such, just such a huge contrast. Yeah, well, I had the pleasure of travelling nine hours round trip to, to Sunderland um, with a little stop in some bar called Katie O'Brien's in Durham on the Friday night. I cannot recommend it. Um, <laughs> and, but yeah, as regards to the performance, it was the first half was split into two halves because first 20, 25 minutes of that half, you know, Sunderland battered Blues. They could have been three, four and a up. Um, I think they hit the post twice, obviously scored the goal, Joe Bellingham. The marking for that corner was horrific. And to be fair, the second time Bellingham, when he hit the post, the, the marking on that corner was also horrific. We'll we'll talk about in a little bit more detail about set pieces because it was it was a shambles. Um, Blues then somehow kicked into gear towards the end of the first half and, and they could have scored maybe three goals if, you know, the end product had been better. Um, but that's been a problem all season. That's nothing new. The goal they scored, very good anticipation by Jay Stansfield. Nice cutback, tidy finish by Miyoshi. And then you thought they could go on towards the end of that half and take the lead. And they had chances. The main one, I would say, was when Oliver Burke was played through by, by Miyoshi. And he could have taken the shot. And I actually thought he made the right decision to, to pull it back in Stansfield's direction. Uh, because I think he'd taken it a little bit wide. But the pullback was awful. And uh, it was... It was behind Stansfield and defender got in, got across and, and cleared the danger. And that would have been 2-1 and Blues in a, in a strong position. Um, but the second half, it was more of the same, you know, and Blues, Blues lost control of the game. They conceded too many chances. 
I think in every game I've watched actually under Rooney, I think they could have conceded four or five goals on the based on chances they conceded. Um, and this one was no different, really. They they lost grip of the game in the second half and, and Sunderland took it away from them. Um, I actually thought the second half was quite poor, to be honest. I thought the first half they showed glimpses, but um, I didn't really agree with the assessment from Rooney afterwards that it was a, a, was a good away performance. I thought there were, there were positives, more positives from the first two games especially, but not enough really. You know, when you look at the, the Ipswich game last week, that was good. We didn't see more of the same. Yeah, we we titled the last podcast um, "Have Birmingham City <laughs> Turned the Corner" or something like that. Although they've found a way forward, uh, and yeah, they've uh, one step forward, uh, another maybe two two steps back. Um, listen, I thought I can, I can kind of see what Rooney was getting at. We'll, we'll come on to the good away performance, as I said a bit later. But mm. the, there were periods. Well, there was a period in the first half where, as you said, Blues could have scored three certainly three goals and I think that there was another chance that went begging for me was when Laird got played in got played in behind and he, he, mm. he put the ball through the six-yard box and uh, I can't remember whether was it Don Goodman who was summarizing at the time and it was Burke he, he said Burke mm. just hasn't anticipated that and he, yeah I, that's Burke isn't a center forward is he so he, to, to my mind so yeah, I thought those, but then when when they were when they were bad, as they were bad at the start of the first half, and you know periods in the second half, sort of end of the second half, they were really bad, and they they could have been absolutely, you know, they could have been buried, mm-hmm. um, and it's not just we'll come on to individual players in a bit, um, and we'll say that Sunjic should have done better here or Burke should have done better there. Everyone was making one or two errors, weren't they? You yeah, know, it's, it's it's not just on one on one player. Um, you know, it's a, it's a it's a little bit on Rooney. It's on Rooney as well because I thought when Blues were struggling in that period in the second half, not it was the players that were causing the issues because they were so poor in the attacking third. You know, the mm. ball the the final pass of the ball retention uh, as they were committing numbers forward was wretched. Yeah, and then that left them really open so the the you know the play the i think for the for, for one of the goals it, i'm going to pick on sunich i don't mean to um he he played the he played the ball played a really poor pass um to his right which was intercepted and there was just no cover at all because mm. blues have been going forward so so for, for me that's on you know that that's a little bit in terms of organization and and, and on the, the management and 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 how how they attack in their shape or how they lose their shape, or you know the space in space between the, the midfielders and the, the defensive. Yeah, it was just yeah the, tr- the the good stuff was was pretty good. The bad stuff was really quite troubling. Yeah, occasion's been the key word, hasn't it? The buzzword under Rooney, and it, it's been lacking in four of the five games, and those four or five, four or five end in, in defeat. So, yeah, it was back again. It was a bit disjointed, especially in the second half as the game became more stretched. Um, the defending is a big concern at the moment because I think one of the the big pluses that we've seen from this Blues team this season they've managed to do the basics quite well, um, especially set pieces and defensively. And they were just so poor at set pieces. I mean, in the first half especially, there was there were two. Uh, the first one Bellingham scored from, and I don't know how the ball has managed to find its way to him. But you know, five minutes later, I think Ivo has 
gone to clear at the near post, completely missed it, and Bellingham should have scored a second. Yeah. The the corner which led to the second Sunderland goal um, and decisive goal was was again it was shambolic. I think every, I was watching every play at the time because it was a high cross from the from the right hand side. It looked like it was going out to every single Blues player inside the box. It was kind of one of those where John Ruddy's just ambling over there, expecting the ball to go out of play. Next thing you know, it's back over his head and under his own crossbar, and mm. they couldn't keep it out. And it's just so unlike Blues. We we praise them a lot for their their defending of set pieces last season. It was a massive improvement. They're one of the better teams in the championship in terms of, you know, fewest goals conceded from those situations. This season, they've not been very good at it and they've not been very good particularly recently. They're not they're not even a threat from them anymore. No, you know? this, yeah, yeah. That's, that's another thing. Yeah. And they have, they do have, I mean, they were without Kevin Long and, and Christian Bielik, who are probably the two best aerially. But, you know, it's, they've still got players of height in that team. Sanderson, Ivo, and... Um, but they just didn't didn't defend their box well, uh, and that's something that is is new. You know that 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 was something they used to do. To be fair, hmm. yeah. Uh, if we can just focusing on on the defence, you, you've put you've put a stat down here. Conceded eleven goals in five games under Rooney after hmm. conceding eleven and eleven under under Eustace. You know that's that's pretty much double. You know, maths. Yeah, not my strong point, but that, that's pretty much double. I I would say that the the, the, if we go through the goals one by one, the, the first goal starts for me. Uh, Blues are on the back foot when John Ruddy tries to play out, and he miss he misses mm. misplaces a pass to Ivan Sunjic, and from that, Blues end up conceding a corner, which from which from which the the Bellingham, the Bellingham goal comes. So Ruddy and Sunjic are, are partly culpable for crea creating that situation. Then the ball comes in and the, to the near post. Ivo is too too slow out to the near post and mm. Oliver Burke is is on the is on the wrong side of Joe Bellingham. Yeah. So automatically you're looking at four players that could have done better for that for that one goal. Yeah. Um for the for the for the second goal, the one the one that you mentioned looked like it was it was going out. <sighs> you know, how blues can't spot that there's, that there's a potential two on one when they when they take that short corner. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't know who's responsible for get, getting out there to, to to even up the numbers, but nobody does. And then um, was it Patrick Roberts that put the ball in, Alex? Hey, well, he's yeah. got an apt. I mean, he's got freedom of Sunderland to put that ball in. Mm. Uh, James thinks John James thinks it's going out, and he he completely stops. Um, and then, as you say, Ruddy get, gets sucked, sucked under it. And I, f I feel a little bit for Ivo because he um, because he's clearing. He did really well to clear mm, clear that ball, yeah. didn't he? Uh, but then you know, unfortunately, it hits Sanderson and, and goes into the back of the net. But I suppose the point I'm making is for both of those goals, you're looking at three, four, five people that should have done better at some point. Yeah, that doesn't compound, you know, error upon error upon error. Yeah, and even even with the last goal, I think. Uh, Dylan Sanderson speaking to him after the game, put it down to um, you know Blues chasing the game. They conceded one, but to be fair, it wasn't really them chasing the game. They just gave the ball away needlessly in midfield. A simple yeah, pass from Sunjic, yeah, exactly, was, was given yeah. away, and then he was one of the players who tried to recover and, and chase Jack Clark back. And again, Clark lost control of the ball inside the box, and they still couldn't tackle him. And next thing well, you know, he's he's at the byline pulling the ball back. back Clark for the third goal. Been... So sorry to. Clark shouldn't even have been in the box. You know, Sunjic could have mm. got to him on halfway and levelled him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just a, it's a catalogue catalogue of errors. Uh, all three goals, you know, scored pretty much inside the six yard box as well. That's as poor any way you look at it. Um, 
it's just it's symptomatic of the way they've defended over the last five games. As I said at the start of this this podcast, they are fortunate really that they've only conceded eleven goals in those five games. They could have conceded a lot more at Southampton. They could have conceded a fair few more at Middlesbrough. Um, and probably a few more against Hull, let's be honest, and, and definitely a few more on Saturday. So um, they need to sharpen up defensively. Yeah, there's, um, and certainly the, the set-piece goals will absolutely... You know, they'll the drive supporters mad, won't they? Mm. Because those are the things that you can prepare for. You you can look to see what Sunderland do on their set piece, on, on their corners and free kicks. Um but you've just got to. It's it's a question of of being being mentally switched on. You know, stopping somebody stopping the Roberts cross or Ivo getting out to the front post or whoever's supposed to be marking that zone and mm. where the ball first comes in. And then it's about about commitment. You know, Burke just sort of ambling around, watching watching Bellingham put the ball in. Yeah, it's just it's just horrible, horrible goals from positions that they should not and were not um, conceding from before. Yeah, Rooney was, to be fair, in his, in his defence, he was critical of his team in the in the post-match press conference. It's been a it's been a theme of press conference, hasn't it? Because, you know, they've not played very well in each of his games, but uh, apart from Ipswich. But then again, he was critical of subs after that one. Um, but he did say in, in the club TV interview, I must add, because it wasn't in my, my interview with him, that he said it was a good away performance. And I know that, that, that comment triggered a fair number of supporters who obviously watched the game and, and didn't agree because, you know, ultimately when you lose, it's never going to be a good performance, is it? But mm. um, that, I think what he was trying to get at was in the first half, you know, they were very much in the game. And then, you know, admittedly, they did they did slip away horribly in the second. But I suppose for those for those first 45 minutes, it, you know, Blues could have got in at half-time, 2-1 up. The, the thing, thing for me is, I suppose, you know, you... you you look at good away when someone says good away performance, you tend to think they've they've been solid, they've not conceded many chances, they've, you know, frustrated the, the home crowd. But this was like the complete opposite. It was like carnage. They were just kind of both teams going at each other, both teams being pressed yeah. and making mistakes. Um and in the first half it was like, who's gonna give the other team more chances? You know, who's gonna who's gonna mess up more at the back? And towards the end of it, Sunderland were were their own worst enemy in terms of giving blues chances and they just couldn't take them. Um, but I think there just needs to be a little more control. Um, I know, you know, chaos in football seems to be in vogue since Bielsa got Leeds out of the championship playing that way. But I just think there needs to be such a little bit more control in that Blues aren't looking like conceding a goal every time the opponent goes forward. Yeah, yeah. It comes down to how open they are, doesn't it? And mm. Yeah, um, I think <sighs> it, it doesn't help with the... With the we'll come on to the international break and what we feel they should be doing in this international break and what, what they actually are doing. Um, but yeah, it just, it felt like a massive step backwards to me. It felt Middlesbrough-esque in a way. And and, and I know Middlesbrough was an absolute car crash, wasn't it? And it, and it felt like every attack Middlesbrough were, go, were going to score. And I suppose if Rooney, if we're saying that Rooney felt it was a good away performance, there, there were, it wasn't, you're right. It wasn't a shut up shop. Uh, and, and nick a goal on the counter attack that you know we've we've seen from previous Blues type teams, but at half time, you know you've let's let, let's be kind and say at half time, you've weathered an early storm which you're going to get at Sunderland. You've worked your way back into the game. You won all at half time. You prob probably 
could have been further ahead mm. or, or ahead. And then there's then can we say that they they were in it in the second half? They had a reasonable period in the second half with, without actually creating much. I thought they they got got some got some good positions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, I think the start of the second half, they they started in the same vein as the fir- end of the first, but I think Sunderland probably had a little bit more control. They learned from their own mistakes in a way. Um, yeah. But I think once the goal went in, it was Sunderland were kind of, willing to sit back and hit Blues on the counter and they were doing it quite well to be fair and they looked more dangerous going forward. Blues might have had a bit more possessed in those, those periods but they looked more dangerous Sunderland did. Um, yeah. And obviously the third, the third goal kills the game but like we said earlier, Blues gave Sunderland three goals and didn't have to work particularly hard for them. Yeah, the risk of sucking life out of this one. Uh, I think we have to chalk it up as to a bit of, as, as a bit of a step backwards. Alex, mm. you've you've put on on the plan here, um, Janino Bakuna versus Sariki Dembele. Can you can you give us a little bit of insight into your what what's the talking point there? What yeah. what what are you feeling there? I mean, I wrote a piece on on Dembele this week. Um, it's just it's frustrating for me, and I'm sure a lot of Blues fans that he was you know the standout attacker, the stand, most talented player in this team. Uh, before Rooney pitched up, you know, we were, we were looking at him. He was the guy who was entertaining us against Huddersfield. He was absolutely sensational. I think we we did a podcast after that game. It was pretty much purely about Sariki Dembele. Um, you know, we were all really enjoying watching him. And there's just, he just, Rooney promised to take the shackles off these players when he took the job. But if anything with Dembele, I'm not saying he hasn't with other players, with with, with Dembele, it's been the complete opposite. You know, he's kind of gone into his shell a little bit. And when he plays, he doesn't look the same player. I think half the problem is that Eustace really set his team up to to benefit from Dembele's brilliance. You know, he obviously knew he had the X factor in attacking and wanted to find a way so Dembele could focus his energies purely on the ta- attacking and doing what he does best. You know, yeah. the, the system Blues had with the two holding midfield players, Lee Buchanan, a defensively minded left back, who didn't really, let's be honest, get on the overlap of Dembele an awful lot, played to his strengths and allowed him to, to be at his best in, in the moments that were, were vital. And uh, it's been a bit different under under Rooney. I mean, he started the first three games and was very, very on the fringes of those matches and, and got subbed, you know, around 60 minutes before, you know. Um, and then he's obviously been on the bench for the last two. And it's just, it's 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 annoying because there's no, you know, Dembele is in Birmingham City's best team. And if you look at it at the moment, you know, he's probably vying for a position with Bakuna because Dembele, you know, as we know, likes to play on the left. Um, I think Bakuna's someone that Rooney has taken to so far. 
Uh, I think he's 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 quite on board with him. Um, I'm not sure what Bakuna was doing in some of the moments against against uh, Sunderland at the weekend because you know he was excellent one minute beating three players and the next minute he'd beam a ball into the you know into the distance and, and nobody's anywhere near it and I think his decision making lets him down quite a bit. I think yeah. there's a really good player in Bakuna. Uh, I think he could he could play in the Premier League. We've spoken about that various times throughout his time at, at Blues, but. His decision making really lets him down. It's frustrating to watch at times. Like I said to you, Brian, sometimes you just wish, like when he does this brilliant thing and beats three players and takes Blues forty yards up the pitch, just do the normal thing and pass it to the guy next to next to you before you run out of steam. And instead, he does something completely wild and you know loses the ball and leaves us frustrated. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's someone that I think will keep playing under Rooney because I think. Rooney sees probably more in him than some of the other midfielders at his disposal, but you've got to fit Dembele into. And if, if it's a if it's a shape a straight shout between those two for a left sided role, Dembele wins for me. Alex, it comes down to shape, doesn't it? Team shape. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now it looked to me on on screen that certainly out of possession it was a four four two and mm. and um, Bakuna was playing as a deployed on the left of, of the 4-4-2 without the ball. When they had the ball, yeah. was it was it like the Ipswich? Was it box again? Did it become a 4-2-4 and, 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 and Bakuna would move up effectively onto the left wing? Yeah, definitely freedom. Um, without the ball, actually, Bakuna was very wide. Uh, he was yeah. kind of the out ball a lot of the time, especially when they're playing around on the right-hand side. Um, but yeah, like you say, when they had when they had the ball, those four attackers had pretty much freedom to just... To roam right. and do as, as do as they wish. You know, we know really Burke and and Stansfield aren't natural number nines. They're not the, those players that want to really stay in the box. I know he's working to make Stansfield more of that player. Um, and Burke's obviously a good runner in behind. But you know, both of those were coming deep as well to to get involved. So there was a lot of freedom and flexibility between the four. All the while, Miyoshi was tending to stay right side and Bakuna left. Yeah, I I, I suspect what was going on then was. Um... You know, let's start with Bakuna's positives. Is he's got great energy. Mm. You know, he's he's not a natural defender, but he does get up and down. Yeah. And it was clear, clear that Patrick Roberts was an issue on the Sunderland right and, and the Blues left. Do you want Cody Drame protected by Bakuna or Dembele? That's that's a good point. You know, and you also. Um... Huggins, the right back for Sunderland, was playing in a very interesting way as well. I mean, yeah. once once they played out from the back, he would take up pretty much any position that he wanted on the field. He, I saw him left wing sometimes. I saw him as a as a ten in the box. Another striker, he'd go right sometimes. Um, so again, I don't really think Bakuna tracked him massively because of you know where he was with the positions he was taking up. But you know, Bakuna is probably a better worker going going backwards than than Dembele is. is let's be honest, but. I still yeah. think Dembele has such quality that you need to find a way to get him into the team. If it's, as we've said previously, maybe with Lee Buchanan coming back, Blues are quite well suited to playing a back three, a 3-4-3 three, three, that gets Dembele into an attacking position where he has limited, minimal defensive responsibilities, then that could be an answer. But I just, I think that you need to get more. You know, he's, we know how good he is at this level. You know, he's one of the most talented players in the league, in my opinion, or at least was when he was playing at the start of the season. So you need to get him in the team and get him firing again. Yeah, it, it comes back to the age-old problem of what's Blues' best team with the ball and what, or what, who are Blues' best players with the ball and who are Blues' best players without the ball. Mm -hmm. Now we're looking at Sunjic, 
good with it, good without the ball, not so good with it. Burke, good without the ball, not so good with it. Mm. Bakuna, good with the ball, not so good without it. Dembele, really good with the ball, again, not so good. It's, it just don't seem to have those complete package players, do we? That can do do both sides, both sides of the game. No, no, exactly. And um, you know, we've to be fair, we've we've killed the Sunderland game now. I think. <laughs> yeah. 22, 22 minutes in. Do you want to do you want to move on to Wayne Rooney? Yeah, shall we? Um, so one of one of the um, issue points of discussion was about Rooney's position. Obviously, uh, four defeats in five games. Um, some discussion on talk sport with Simon Jordan, who actually went into bat for Wayne Rooney. I was quite surprised. The discussion was, you know, is is Rooney's role under threat? And Simon Jordan um, came came out and said, "Look, he's he's only had five games. You've made this decision." You have, you might, you've got to see through the decision. You can't immediately reverse the decision and go, and you know, go go back in time. The Eustace Rooney debate is over, um, or at least it should be. Um, so Simon Jordan's thinking was, you know, you've you've made this decision to go with Wayne Rooney, so you suck it up and see it through to the end. Um, should his job be at risk? You go first, Alex. I'm I'm of. A similar opinion. I mean, I don't, I, I don't. It's probably a bad way of saying it, but you've made your bed, you've got to line it for a little bit. And um, you know, they've they've made a decision, so they can't then sack Rooney because things have gone badly because he's doing the things they asked him to do in terms of change the playing style, playing this more quote no fear brand of football. Yeah. Um, it's got to be better. You know, it, it just it's how bad does it get before you start asking the question that that's the that's what we're looking at now you know blues have got games coming up now against sheffield wednesday at home sheffield wednesday have taken one point away from home in this season they've won one game they've failed to score i think in 12 of the last 14 league games um you know they are a poor poor championship team there can be no excuse not to win that game with the players blues have um you know there's a game against rotherham coming up the next home game after that they're a team that's in relegation trouble. They've just just sat their manager. Again, Blues massively favourites, going to be favourites to win that one. They need to win that one. There needs to be points chalked up now. You know, you yeah. can you can excuse him the first five games because they are all apart from maybe Hull, although they are having a good season, all against teams that are going to be challenging for the top six places. So the quest, the the the, the Rooney era starts now. You know, they, they need to pick up points. They need to do it quickly because we can't get to, you know, late December where we're looking thinking, oh, Blues are in another relegation scrap here. And, yeah. you know, the points they're picking up at the moment suggest they might be. All it takes is for, for a Rotherham to get a new manager bounce. Uh, for Coventry are down there as well. Coventry are going to stay down there surely with the players they've got. So, you know, Blues need to pick up before they are dragged into another relegation battle because that should not have been happening this season. Yeah, I'm just looking at the fixtures now. As you say, Sheffield Wednesday at home next up, then Blackburn away. Yep. And, you know, they're clearly not the side they were uh, yeah. over the last couple of seasons. They do appear to miss Brereton Diaz. Rotherham at home, Coventry away, Cardiff away, Leicester at home. You you know, you probably give it a free pass and I might be sticking my head in the ground and, and trying to ignore all the uh, Rooney Vardy talk for that week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it's Plymouth away, last game before Christmas. Stoke at home on, on Boxing Day, so yeah, this this is this is kind of the meat of the championship season, isn't it? Now, and you are right. Listen, if if 
Blues can pick up two or three wins from that lot. And, you know, I think how many games is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's nine games. So three wins from those nine games. It's still only a point a game, but it just feels better, doesn't it? And it and it, and it feels like, you know, there 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 is progress. Um and you know, things can things can eventually take off. How bad can it get? Well um, or how long does he get? I remember watching the uh, Zola got half a season, two wins over half a season. So that that you know mm-hmm. that is the that is, that as as we are giving this every last game as far as we can. Half a season is is about the going rate uh, in recent experience. Um, but no, I mean absolutely. You know, some people are saying, "Look, it's a failure. Get get rid. We need to, we need to press reset already." Um, I just don't think Blues can do that. You know, I, I really don't. You will, you know, without I don't think they will. It'd be a massive, massive climb down, and I don't think they can um, because of the commitment that's been made to Rooney to his coaching stuff. Yeah. Um, and what message does that send to the players as well? It's it's the I'm afraid pan the can of worms is now open, isn't it? And and we we just have to have to play it, see it play out now, and hopefully it'll play out better than it has been. Yeah, there's there's way too much invested in it, isn't it? You've got Rooney, you've got four, allowed him to bring four coaches in. Um, you know, two very big names in that coach and stuff. They're not going to be on small salaries. Um, yeah. You know, I think the the original statement said that you know the manager has been brought in now to so that he could assess the squad before the January transfer window. So you presume they're going to give him some backing in that. Um, but yeah, uh, there's so much invested in this that. They're they're going to give it every possible chance to succeed. I cannot imagine. I can't even bear to think about how deflating it would be to we get to the last five games and they end up needing needing to appoint a, a, a salvation expert to keep them in keep God. them in the championship. You know that just it just my blood runs cold just thinking about re, redoing that all over again like they did for, for season after season. So as you said, it is the international break. Uh, an opportunity to take stock, an opportunity to work on a few things, or is it, Alex? Well, this is this is the thing because I mean, Rooney said afterwards that you know the key for this these this two week period was going to be to improve the players' fitness. He's spoken at length about the players' fitness in his first month in the job, saying that it's not up to standard for the way he wants to play. He did clarify those comments after the Borough game. I'm sorry, the Borough game, the Sunderland game, saying that. Um, you know, it's no no slight on Gary Row, uh, Gary Rowett. <laughs> no slight on uh, John Eustace or the current fitness uh, stuff. It's just that the team isn't quite there for the way he wants to play. Um, you know, I'm told they have been given some time off this week. Uh, the players who who aren't going on international duty, I think there's four, three or four going on international duty, um, and you know the ones that are off this week um, have been given individual fitness programs to keep to keep up to. Um, the players who are injured are all there at the, the training base in Henley and Arden. Um, I mean we, we can we can we can judge the merits of this international break, I guess, against Sheffield Wednesday, can't we? Um, mm. you know, next week it's going to be full steam ahead in that Rooney's going to have the players on the training ground preparing them for that game against Sheffield Wednesday and beyond, you know, it's a three month three, four-month period. I suppose you can look at it that way and say there's a very, very big, long run of fixtures coming up. You know, did the players need some time off this week? Probably to, to you know, get over and get away from 
the stresses of of the last month. Um, you know, there's, there's two ways of looking at it, isn't I suppose. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah. Listen, the angry parent in me uh, wants me to uh, have them in all, have them all in. Six Get them in on Sunday. Every, exactly. <laughs> all in every day, running up sand dunes for the next, <laughs> for the next 12 days. Um, you, you know, and if they're not fit, then they never will be kind of thing. I suspect sports science is a little more, a bit more nuanced than that, isn't it? And 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 I think the, um, the the important factor that you've highlighted there is this is the last break until until March, basically, isn't isn't it? Um, you know, there's there's four months, four solid months of football. A lot of it will be two get two games a week. Um, so I, I suppose that you know they they have no option but to. Mm. But to follow the scientists and um, make 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 the make the best decision in terms of these players need to last, don't they? You know, mm. there's, there's still four or five players that are still still out still out injured, and so the ones that are, the ones that are there are going to be playing a huge amount of football. And you know, I suppose they'll get fit doing that as well, won't mm. they? Um, but it 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 just you know the the knee jerk, the simple the simple conclusion to draw is well, well no, they, should, they should all be in running all day um but as i say sports science sports science has, has moved up moved on from that uh, and i yeah. guess the other the other factor is isn't it alex is is that Rooney's full staff also have international commitments yeah this this is something i know has been a bit of a gripe with supporters uh in the heat you know the reaction since the sunderland game uh, you know, Ashley Cole's got a commitment with the England and 21s. He's still a coach there. John O'Shea has a commitment with Ireland. So, you know, they won't be around for the majority of the international break. Uh, you know, particularly, I think the, the, the thing that concerns me with that is mainly that I know that Cole's taking a bit of a lead on set pieces. Mm. Um, so, you know, <laughs> when the set pieces were so bad against Sunderland, you'd want in there, like, you know, drilling them every single day, wouldn't you? So it doesn't happen again. Um, but yeah, it's 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 something Blues agreed to when they took these coaches on board. They do still have two other coaches under yeah. Rooney in Carl Robinson, vastly experienced. He is a you know probably a leader on the training ground. I'd say in terms of you know he takes on a lot of the coaching and stuff in the in the small sided games and things. And also Pete Shuttleworth, who is the other coach. So there's still going to be three of them on the training ground plus goalkeeping coach Mike Taylor, which you know. If we look at it another way, that's the same number of coaches that used to be on the training ground when John Eustace was here. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, but but it, it's it's an issue because I suppose fans look at it and say that they're not fully committed to Blues, they're not all in. Um, but it's something that's been done a lot of times. You know, I think John Eustace had a stint where when he was at QPR, where he was the assistant with Ireland, and obviously also the assistant at QPR. Coaches do it now, and clubs tend to bow to them. Uh, yeah, and if the players are off with their own individual programs anyway, do you need do you need oh, yeah. a, a full five man coaching staff sort of sitting there working with working with the rest of them? So, mm. yeah, it's listen. It's I, I suspect it's a bad look rather than actually a bad thing pra- 
practically. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I think you have you have to do the numbers a little bit and look a little, little bit deeper than that. Yeah. Um, so the next match we are coming up to is Sheffield Wednesday at home. You've already listed um, their their fan list of achievements so far this season, or, the, or their, their their points ratio and goals ratio this season. Is it a must-win, Alex? Do you think? I mean, we we spoke about this the other day. There's no such thing as a must-win game in November, but no. But I mean, like in terms of morale and atmosphere around the team, you know. Imagine what St Andrews would be like if, if this game, this is the one that supporters are banking on, turns out to be another defeat. You know, it, it doesn't bear thinking about. So, Blues need need to win this one. This needs to be the game that kickstarts the Rooney era. Um, you know, Sheffield Wednesday have been so bad this season. And I know we should, we should, you know, managers will say we should respect all teams. You know, the usual pre-match press conference, the manager will say how good the other team is and how, you know, whatever. They've got good players and things, but Sheffield United are, sorry, Sheffield Wednesday, I'm having a mare today, Sheffield Wednesday are the poorest team in this division based on the first 16 mm. games. You know, they've been fodder for every single team, almost. The only team they've, they've managed to get three points of is Rotherham, who are another team who are down there. They've taken one point away from away from Hillsborough, and that was at Leeds United, and I watched a, a fair chunk of that game, and it was a miracle. Um so you know they don't they don't score goals and they've got six this season. You know everything points towards a Blues win, um, but as we know football doesn't work that way. But I I think it's if we can't call it a must win game, you know, really it's not not a must win game, but you know it'd be a disaster if they didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Which could also be described as. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't subscribe to must-wins like you. Uh, the only must-win is the one that you need to win to stay in the championship and we're not at that case. And I hope, uh, at that situation, hopefully, won't be. Um, I'm wondering if if Blues draw one-all or two-all and, you know, they we, we see proper Rooney ball and, mm. you know, they're expansive, they're attacking... Uh, they create a bundle of chances, miss a load, but score a couple, and then the referee awards a late dubious penalty against them in, mm. in, in the in the final minute, and we can and we can all go, yeah, well that's what it's supposed to look like. Um, then uh, I wonder if, if if that's at least you, know, you can say there's a that's a, a partial step forward, but on, yeah, but I mean Rooney made, Rooney made the point himself. You know, it's all very well focusing on positives, but. It, you know, league tables focus on points, don't they? I know. I think we've all we've all given it time, like time in the first months to be like, you know, Blues are changing style. We can't be too harsh because they are trying to do something vastly different to what they were doing previously. But I think now it's getting to the stage where, and I know Blues are still close to the playoff places than they are to the relegation places. But the crucial thing is that they're about, you know, there are twelve teams between Blues and the playoff yeah. places. Yeah, there are there aren't that many teams between Blues and the relegation places. And like I said earlier, you know that Coventry are going to pick up at some point. You know that one of the teams down there. I don't think it'll be Sheffield Wednesday. I think it could be Rotherham or a QPR. You know, who will get that new manager bounce and will pick up a little bit. So you know, we can't keep lauding performances or lauding style of play without results. You know, we need to see a combination of two. You know, we're not saying that Blues have to win every single game playing the best football in the league. We don't expect that. What we expect is a little bit more, you know, success. We expect a few wins here and there. We're not saying that Blues need to win the next nine. Like we said earlier, they need to win three or four to just kind of 
keep their heads above water, keep that gap to the relegation places so it doesn't become a concern again. I mean, the, the current points return situation is unsustainable, isn't it? So, mm. yeah, the, 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 the fact is um, they, they, do, they do need to turn the corner and, and start picking picking up yeah. results. And if performance is you know, still pretty bad, then we'll just suck that up as well. Um, which brings us on to questions. We've got loads and loads of questions yeah. um, and takes from, from listeners uh, this week. So thanks, everyone, for that. It, it, it really is, you know, your podcast as much as it is ours. And, you know, we do want to talk about the stuff that you're interested in. So, uh, yeah, if, you, if you've if you never sent us a, a take or a, or a question or a comment, um, please do, uh, because we'll try and get as many in as possible. Um, John Merrill, as uh, we kind of covered this a little bit, but but John, who's a regular contributor, said, "At what point do we have to say this isn't working? Because we can't afford to leave it like we did with Zola." Um, I suppose I would say to that, they probably judged the Zola position just about right because they uh, ended up staying on staying up on the last day of the season. So um, did Redknapp get? I think he got three games yeah, at the end, three. end of that season. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's difficult to say at what point, how long, do you, how long do you give it, because it it depends upon the league table, doesn't it? Mm. And, you know, we, we are let, let's say at this point we are pondering an absolute worst case scenario mm. that it doesn't get better. Um, yeah. And you, you know, I, I would I would like to think there's there's a better set of owners, there's more expertise in the building now than than there was um, back in 2017. So. You know, I don't believe it's going to get to that point. Feel free to clip this and show it me in on March the 29th. But yeah, what what what's your thoughts to, to John's point? How, how, how long, Alex? Um, I think as long as Blues aren't in real trouble this season, and there's enough of a buffer between themselves and the uh, the relegation places, I think they might let it ride because there is so much invested. You know, Knighthead won't Wayne Rooney as their manager. Um, so I think they're going to give it every chance to succeed. Whether this season's like kind of the betting in period for Rooney, uh, and next season's the one where Blues are in a position to get more of his players in and have a bit of a go, um, I, I think they'll they're going to give him. It, let's face it, they're going to give him every single chance to succeed here. Um, yeah. You know they've made they've made a big decision and they're not going to want it to fail. Exactly, that Rooney will get all the runway there is to give him. Mm. Absolutely, Wayne, yeah. Wayne Sharp says. Um, uh, do we know anything of how early how the early weeks of Wayne Rooney have gone down with the owners and whether the increasing fan disquiet is causing any concern for Knighthead or potential trouble for Gary Cook? What are your thoughts mm. about that, Alex? How are the owners responding to one point from five? Well, it's not it's not ideal, is it? But from what from what I've been told is that they're they're supportive of him. Rooney said himself, I think, in a press conference a couple of weeks ago after the difficult start, that they've been nothing but supportive. Uh, he's in constant communication with Tom Wagner, Tom Brady over in the US, and obviously Gary Cook on the ground here here in Birmingham. Um, with regards to Gary Cook, I know he's been getting a, a lot of stick for the decision because obviously it's, he's, he's tied to it, isn't he? Let's be honest, it's, it's his kind of... There's a link between between Rooney and, and Gary Cook and, you know... Um, He's getting a lot of stick for for what's happened, and and probably more so, I think, for the for the way he handled the uh, the Eustace situation. Um, to be fair, I I haven't been able to have a sit down with interview with with Gary Cook yet. Um, so yeah, it, it would be it'd be good to actually sit down with him at some stage and and talk about the decision in more depth and how it's gone since and the plans for the club. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm I'm not 
sure if there's any potential trouble for Gary Cook, whatever. All I would say is I think he is probably going to be impacted by the success that Wayne Rooney has either way. Oh, yeah, we'll move on because we've uh, we spent far too long on the Sunderland game. Uh, Reg, all I heard before Wayne Rooney came in was that he was a brilliant man manager. To me, looking at body language on the sidelines, that doesn't look the case. Uh, but also not claiming it, it isn't. Do we know how the players feel towards him and his and his backroom stuff? This this is this is actually a good question. I I, I found this one earlier. Um, I like this one. Um, I, I've heard a lot of good things about how Wayne Rooney is with the players. Um, I've heard you know some good things from the players. You know, Dion Sanderson said at the weekend that he's been he's been great. I think I've spoken to a, two or three of them now who've said that they've been very impressed with him, him behind the scenes. Um, from speaking to him, I can tell that he's um, quite empathetic, which I think is a, is a good thing in football. I think it resonates well with players. Um, you know, he spoke about issues last week and stuff. If players got issues, his door's always open. Um, how he's a very approachable manager, which, you know, given his name and his stature in the game, you know, some of these Blues players might not have expected that, but he, from from what I'm told, he is. Um, I think he's probably quite going to be a manager who's quite good for the players. That's how I look at it. Um, and I've not heard anything different. I think he'll be well-liked. Yeah, ab mm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and as regards the, the coaching staff, um, I, I spoke to Ethan Laird um after the last home game, and he was asked about Ashley Cole, and his eyes lit up. I mean, Ethan Laird's got shiny eyes at the best of times, doesn't he? To be fair, um, but yeah, he was he, he was absolutely he was effusive and couldn't have been more fulsome in, in his in his admiration for for Ashley Cole. And uh, on the quiet, I think Ashley Cole is generally considered to be quite a shrewd coach. Mm -hmm. Actually, you, you know, um, part of Lee Carsley's under under England under twenty one setup. I guess when things start to start to go wrong, players give it a period, and then you start to hear things fil filtering, you know, negative things filtering out. Nothing you can stand up or write, or any anyone will go on the record, but you just hear those whispers. And I'm, I'm, I, I haven't heard a single one one yet, Alex. Have you? No, no, that's that's what I was saying. I think from the playing side, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Obviously, they want better results, but um, in terms of Rooney as a manager, they've they've been all giving yeah. glowing references. John Sambrooks, how many players do you realistically see as buying in January? Um, let's just do that side of it, Alex. Well, this is interesting because I asked him about this uh, last week. Um, just kind of how much wriggle room there is, how many players, you know, how many deals can be done. Because we know that Blues are working against a backdrop of financial fair play issues. They obviously need to fall in line still and they're not out of that financial year yet. Um, there was obviously a lot of good work done in the summer. I think that the key thing I took from his answer is that he said it depends where we're at. Uh, so that's obviously, that suggests to me that it depends, you know, where they are in the league, whether they've got a shout of promotion, whether they've, they're in dire trouble and need to sign new players to, to beat off, you know, being worried about relegation in the final five, ten games. Um, I think that the main bulk of the business would be done next summer because you look at the number of players coming off the books in terms yeah. of contracts, there's a lot of them and a lot of big earners as well that were given contracts in the, the pre-pandemic contracts. Um, so I, I think at the moment, as long as Blues are you know, not really challenging for a great deal this season, that's probably where we're looking at, I think. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it's, I agree. It is, it's, the, it's, the, it's 
the sums don't quite yeah. work in Blue's favour to do do anything massive at the moment. No, well, sorry, Brian. Although although he did say uh, he did say that there are players that he would like to bring in, so that suggests that maybe he'd like to kind of move things around. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I, I don't think there'll be loads of business. Maybe two or three here and there if they can do. Them. Yeah, indeed, and, and they'll be in quite strategic positions as well, won't they? Because mm. because you know um, we're probably thinking, yes, Blues don't need a central midfielder, but they might need a central midfielder who can play the way Rooney wants them to. Yeah, um, or they might, you know, they might need a, a centre back that can that, that, that can play the way Rooney want, wants wants his centre backs to play. So it, yeah, it'll be interesting that one. Danny mm. Swift, how do you feel? How much do you feel the impact of losing Buchanan and Keshi have made to the team? Uh, Danny feels that some of the best performances were with under Eustace were with those two players in it. I mean, Buchanan is absolutely outstanding, isn't he? And, and, mm. and the, the stability that Buchanan and Laird gave Blues in, the, in those first few games was you know, not something I've seen for many, many, many years. So mm. what, what, what are your thoughts about that, Alex? No. Anderson and Buchanan missing. I agree on Buchanan. I mean, he's, he was a big sign. And when you think about it, he was, there weren't many players who came for a, for a large transfer fee than Buchanan. Uh, they also gave him a five-year contract. I don't think they gave a five-year to anyone else. Um, so I was very impressed with him. The first seven or eight games that he played this season, I thought he was outstanding. Um, he is the best left-back at the club. Gives you the option of playing a back three as a left-sided centre-back that no one else does. Uh, the balance of the team hasn't been right since Buchanan has been out of it, in my opinion. Uh, I think he'll give them a great, great option at left-back again. Um, and Keshe, Keshe is an interesting one because, you know, he was kind of uh, just going to be a, a punt in the summer, I would say, because of his injury record at, at Blackpool in that he only played nine games last season. He had to work for his, for his place in this team. He had to go through the trial, which, you know, most championship players or players proven at championship level, which which Anderson was, don't normally have to go through. Yeah. Um, and he did it really well. He, he you know, stomached it and, and did a great job, was the best player in pre-season, started, you know, all the games at the start of the season before that injury against QPR. And he was very important. I actually thought he was he was looking better in those final two or three matches before he got injured. He looked like he was getting sharpness back that he'd obviously lost last season through missing so much football. Um, but I think the the thing I'm I'm looking at with Anderson is if Rooney plays a a four three three formation, Anderson could probably play in central midfield on one of the sides. You know he's he's played mm. in central midfield before. Um, he mentioned that as one of his positions when I interviewed him over in the summer. Um, so so yeah, I think that could be an option. Obviously, if Blues continue with this this box formation, he'll play on one of the wide roles. But I think he's such an intelligent football that he gives you a good option. Yeah, I like him. Uh, one one thing I noticed about him when he was playing, starting to play well, was he always seemed to know what he was going to do with the ball before he mm. received it. Um, yeah. Listen, I think he could have had two or three goals and mm. under his belt by the by the time he'd um, by the time he picked up his knock. Um, and you do worry about players that pick up serious injuries, you know, particularly against the, the backdrop of of what what he suffered last season. So I, I, I listen. I hope we can. Bank on having him for another, you know, 20, 25 games. Um, but uh, that is my my major concern with that one because of the injury record. But as a as a quality as a quality player, then yeah, I, I'm a big admirer of his, and, and I do think his absence is hurt. If if not from the starting eleven, then certainly as an option off the bench. Uh, Pink Panther, um, 
when he's fit again, not Pink Panther and Kevin Long, uh, he'd like. When he's fitted again, I'd like to see Kevin Long back at centre-half. I'm wondering whether Dion is struggling a bit because he hasn't got an aerially dominant centre-half beside him. Um, before we get on to Kevin, Kevin Long, is Dion struggling, Alex? I think he's not the same player in this system so far. I think that's probably to be expected a little bit because it's a very different way of playing. You know, when he looks to his right these days, he hasn't got a, an, an orthodox right-back who's just sitting next to him and, and protecting him. He hasn't got the security of Christian Bielik and, and even Sunjic in front of him. Uh, he's very, I'd say he's very exposed, more than struggling. You know, he's, he's having to deal with things that he didn't have to deal with previously. He's got, he's constantly in a one-on-one -on -one battle with a striker or a forward. Um, and he has, he has struggled a little bit in recent matches. Um, I think Sanderson's dip in form is, 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 you know, we can put it down to the way Blues are now playing. He was superb you know, going up to that West Brom game. Um, and he's not quite been as good since. I think it's understandable. Um, I don't... I, 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 th I think a lot having Long not next not next to him anymore has also not helped things. I think Long, they complemented each other so well in that Long is, you know, I think aerially, statistically, he was the best in the championship at the start of this season. I'm not sure whether he still is because he's been out of team for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sanderson. I think for for someone of Sanderson's size, I think he's six two, uh, well well built enough. But he's, I don't think he's brilliant in the air. I think he's okay in the air. Uh, I think his game is is better on the floor in terms of he's got speed to recover. He's a good tackler, reads things well. Uh, and I, I think Ivo is a similar player. Yeah. Uh, they don't, from what I'm seeing at the moment, they don't complement each other as well as Sanderson and Long did previously. Yeah, too similar. Whereas maybe mm. you want you want a bit of chalk and cheese maybe with your with your two centre halves, which is with which is what Kevin Long was, and, and mm. yeah, Kevin Long was a uh, a putter out of fires before anyone realised it even happened, wasn't he? So I, I do I do think Blues miss that. I think his anticipation is better than Ivo's. Ivo feels a little bit reactive, mm. although quite athletic to react and, and react okay sometimes. So yeah, I. I think Pink Panther has potentially alighted upon something there. You know, I think there's there's, there's merit in 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 that point. Um, takes from Mark Powell: uh, the current squad was assembled to play for Eustace's style. I don't feel they can play in the manner Rooney wants. Uh, so we're reliant in the January window. In the meantime, we have to get results in December. Um, yeah, style of players recruited to play a certain style. It's all just football, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> Not I mean well, I mean, what, what I would say to that is that, you know, you can't just look at January. Um, you know, I don't think Blues can be a lot on the January window. They've got to they've got to address things before then. Rooney's got to coach the players that he has. You yeah. know, as we mentioned earlier, there are several players going to be out of contract. You've got to coach them as best you can until you can get rid of them. And then you can replace their salaries with players that you want. Um I don't think it's a case of just looking at January. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not saying Rooney's a checkbook manager because he's not been able to spend any money wherever he's been so far, but you can't just, you know, go out and sign players. You've got to deal with what you've got and make them better. And he said that himself. He's yeah. made, he said that he wants to get, you know, one, two, three, five percent out of the, the players that he's got at his disposal. And that's what, that's what this coaching team needs to do before we even look at, you know, changing, changing players because, you know, they were a top six. I'm not saying they're a top six team, but they were in the top six 
you know, a month ago. They're not a bad team. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's enough players in that team for Wayne Rooney to be able to fashion a cogent and coherent 11 out of them. And and that is on Wayne Rooney for me. You know, I think I think there was a naivety going up to Middlesbrough in his, in his first game and saying, you know, well, uh, you know, all the shackles are off. We're going to open up. Um, and you know, in his in his third game, he after after was it the whole defeat? He did say that you know maybe we need. I'm, I've told the players I've asked too much of them, and we, we need to find a middle ground. That yeah. responsibility is 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 with Rooney for now, and it's you know, and as as the as the take uh, Mark's take correctly says, it's you know, it's, those answers have to be found now in December and not wait into January because. Uh, yeah, you, Blues, if they carry on as they are, they're not going to find many answers in January, I, d I, I don't think. Mm, no. um, sorry, Matt Hawkins, the only cause for concern on Saturday was the change of demeanour after the second goal went in. Um, even after the performance against Ipswich, the team still looks devoid of confidence when, when the tide of the game shifts slightly. I kind of, I'm, I think I'm on board with that take. Mm. Um, I, th I think the confidence has taken a huge blow. Yeah, no, I'd agree. And also, what I would say is the players don't seem smiley anymore, do you know what I mean? They don't like seem as bubbly as they were in the opening weeks of the season. It yeah. does seem like they're going through a difficult period, you know, um, for the for the first time for many of these players in, in a blue shirt. Um, it, was, it, it was noticeable on Saturday when the second goal went in that, I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's a cliche that heads drop. But you know they all kind of trudged back to the halfway line, looked looked almost beaten, and you know they were never really going to get back into the game after they went down again. Um, yeah. That's probably a combination. It's a real sucker punch, isn't it? I suppose when you've played well towards the end of the first half and you go in at half time and you're all thinking you should be ahead, then you come out and within 15 minutes of the restart you're behind. But they didn't seem to have the powers of recovery there. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess from the Ipswich game as well. Yeah, losing a two-goal lead can be very deflating. So they just need a win. If it's an ugly win, yeah. I don't think any of us care. They just need a win. Yeah, that that is alarming. I think that that the, the loss of belief that you can come back, come back is 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 alarming. Uh, and it, you know that that really should tell Wayne Rooney something that that you know players need to feel secure in their in their formation and their setup first. Final one, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, John Ramsey saying, I think the general feel-good factor and optimism generated by the takeover has largely evaporated due to the managerial change. Um, John's out, I think, by the sounds of things on, on this. Um, your thoughts, Alex, on, on that? Has has the has the feel-good factor evaporated? This is a good take. Um, I think I've noticed that there is division in the fan base now because you've got two camps, haven't you? You've got uh, the camp that are, you know, very much knighted, pro knighted. Whatever knighted do is correct. Um, you know they've got rid of the bandage because they're they're thinking bigger than you know users was thinking. Yeah. Uh, we're we're fully behind knighted, and then you've got the other camp who see history repeating itself. Uh, they see a manager who is progressing the club at a nice steady rate, uh, being unfairly sacked and replaced with a big name. They just seem to be two camps. Um, you can be in both camps, can't you? You can you're be pro knighted and think yeah. they've made a mistake. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. yeah which is, I have to say, it's where I am. That's you know, where I am as well. I, I couldn't, couldn't even dream. I've said this before. I couldn't dare to dream to think that 
we'd be starting another season under BSH again. You know, Night Night no. are a good thing, and they are welcome, and we're all glad they're here. Or I am, um, but I do think they were wrong with this, um, mm. which isn't saying I don't want them here anymore, um, mm. because you know that the, there will be a, there will be other things that will generate the feel good factor. You know, a bit of a transfer window maybe. Yeah. Although we've just totally poured cold, cold water on that. You know, the the opening of the lower tiers, um, a couple of results. You know, I I, I think it can be regained. Um, but yeah, they've made a big withdrawal on the good on on the goodwill account, definitely. Yeah, you, I think like, like you say, Brian, you don't have to. You're not anti Nighthead because you disagree with one thing they've done. Um, you can still be very much in support of the ownership without you know happy clapping at every opportunity. Um, and I think that's probably where most people sit, and they don't they don't quite see the rationale behind behind this decision, um, and they're not going to see it until results improve. Indeed, which brings us to the end of today's podcast. Uh, Alex, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Are you going to tee up next week? I think I've already ruined it, to be honest, with my, uh, yeah. my, my, slip, my slip up earlier. <laughs> it was one on of, my mind. <laughs> <laughs> one of Alex Dickens' many clangers uh, today, today um, uh, was letting slip the fact that uh, Gary Rowett is our next guest on the Keep Right On podcast. That will be available next week so please be sure to uh, to look out for that after another typically polished exit from me uh and uh, a few clangers from from mr dickin uh we'll leave you there and wish you a uh, another keep right on thanks very much everyone and keep right on